Welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to chill with your friends and get your gaming goodness each and every Monday. And for video viewers, a pretty little cat. Uh, my name's Dylan Blight, and joining me on the couch this week, Ashley Hopley. Hey, Dylan, excited <laughs> to be here on Cat Couch. I know. Cat Couch, yeah, yeah. Just also, threw me off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so used to, oh, that's so scripted. He'll never fuck around with the intro. There we go. I'll say you, Kieran Hutchins. Yep, yep, it's me with the cat. I recently saw YouTuber Ludwig Orgren has uh, averaged 1 million viewers thanks to just on his YouTube channel just by posting pictures of his cat on his YouTube channel. Um, so cat. I thought we could capitalize on that with a cat that chose to jump up of here of his own fruition and is not a paid actor. No, but I feel like the cat... The catnip is currently, like, out of frame, but yes. I mean, video viewers... Check it out. Like, obviously, if you listen to the, the audio version, you're missing out I on mean, the cat. I mean, video action. viewers would have seen the cat before. Yeah, yeah, yeah they would have seen the, the cat, cat like yeah. the entire time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's usually hanging around, but um, the only worry I have sometimes is I'm like, is a cat's nose as strong as a dog's nose? And can it stop the audio recording? But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hope not. No, look, a cat's paw could be if he, like, steps on the space bar. Because that's all the dog's nose did was just tap that space bar and yep. it was just. Uh, Peace out. That was a sad day. Yeah. And we know the cat would do it because cats are dicks. Yeah. I feel like the cat would do it on purpose, right? <laughs> Pardon? Cat would do it on purpose. Dog did it by accident. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Dogs are that's good boys. Fair. Where is the dog, by the way? Uh, probably asleep in front of the fireplace. Okay. So, I'm so yeah. used to, like, when we record Arcade Couch, there's like... There's one of them just hardly yeah, One of them, like, in the, the back corner. Yeah. yeah. Bella comes in and visits every now and then. Yeah. yeah. That's how my life goes, eventually. Sometimes they're just like, nah, fire's nice and warm. We're just going to lie here and sleep. Yeah. Understandable. Mm. Feels. Uh, today on the show, Overwatch 2. <gasps> to talk about it. Uh, going over the Capcom showcase, a bit about the Xbox extended show. But firstly, we're going to dive into Final Fantasy 7. So... Uh, what's today? Friday. Um, yeah, so early Friday morning, or 8 a.m. It's not really early, actually. Uh, but 8 a.m. Friday morning. Uh, in comparison, Square, yeah. yeah, in comparison to some other things that have been happening. Uh, Square Enix held like a little uh, Final Fantasy uh, uh, event. Or obviously it was a Square Enix event. I don't know. Fucking anyway. Um, mm. the, we got several things. The main two that we're going to focus on, though, is the sequel. First Soldier. Let's no. go, mobile games. I'm skipping the mobile <laughs> game stuff. Uh, I can't I'm talking about uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake sequel officially announced. We'll get to that in a second. And the novel cool thing was Final Fantasy 7 Crisis Core is getting a remake as well. But yeah, there was like an announcement of the mobile game thing. And also, just quick shout out to Final Fantasy 7 Remake is on PC as of uh, now. When you're listening to it, it's on, it's on Steam. It'll so, be on PC now. Yeah, so it's you can play Steam it there. Now, yeah. yeah. So um, if you haven't played it. So there was a Buster Sword Clock. That was pretty cool. That looked, that looked, did look pretty cool. But I wouldn't use it. No, it's only, it's at a weird angle. To but be fair, also, to be fair, I brought a fifty dollar Buster Blade letter opener just because I thought it was cool, and I certainly don't use it to open letters. It just looks cool. Because, <laughs> damn emails ruining yeah. my use of this <laughs> letter opener, motherfuckers. Uh, press start rights. Square Enix hosted a special Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary broadcast today, where it finally revealed our first ever look at Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, which is called. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. 
Although calling it the second part of a remake of Final Fantasy VII is seemingly not quite accurate, as the title of Rebirth implies that this is certainly keeping in line with what the first part was inevitably setting up. Something of a fresh start for the Final Fantasy VII story. Despite Square Enix officially still calling it the Final Fantasy VII Remake Trilogy, I'll just add a little quick uh, asterisk in here. It was 100% confirmed this is going to be a trilogy. Continuing. It's hard to know exactly what to expect going forward. In the trailer, we see what looks to be part of a flashback from Cloud and Sephiroth's history, implying it's part of Cloud's retelling of the events that occur occurs further into Final Fantasy VII. We also hear mention of a certain event the original game, uh, in the original game that seemingly take a different turn this time around. Um, yeah, so you can check out that trailer. Uh, and then Tetsuro Nomura issued a statement along with it, saying Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is being designed so that people can enjoy the game, whether they know the original game or not. In fact, new players might even start enjoying their journey Enjoy start. Oh, sorry, might even enjoy starting their journey with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Cloud and his friends embark on a new journey in this game, and I believe that the scenes they witness after they leave Midgar will give players a fresh new experience. I can't wait to share the intention behind the name of the first title remake and the second title Rebirth. In time, I hope to reveal what the third title will be called and where this journey will ultimately lead. Um, trailer. What? Well, here's the thing. I want to put it out here now. Unfortunately, there's, I'm not going to, so as someone who's obviously played Final Fantasy VII, and this is a thing, I tried to like dodge spoilers when we was talking about Remake as much as we could until we did our spoiler cards and things like that. Um, and I'm still going to try not to mention stuff that could, like stuff that could be in this game and stuff like that. The, like I don't want to spoil stuff that could be in this game. But at this stage, now that we're in a, in a world where trailers and news is going to start dropping for this game, Spoilers are sort of off for the, the first well, game. There's, to, yeah, there's a particular spoiler that's just fucking... Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just putting it out there. Like, at this stage, the trailers are out. We have to talk about this game. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, we will, in the future, from now on... I, I don't want to have to say spoiler morning for trailers, but I just want to say it, it's weird because it's a remake, but also it's not really, so... Like, we will be discussing Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, that game freely from now on in this podcast. I'm just going to make sure not to mention anything that could be in this game that could change or whatever based on my experience with the original, which is, yeah, it's weird. But anyway, um, I'm, so the release date is late next year. So that it's like American winter or whatever, like our summer next for, year. For three. Sorry? For remake two, sorry. Yeah, for, for, for rebirth. For, for the, yeah, yeah, we'll get to love one. There's a Final Fantasy game coming out this year, but um, so this is coming out ne- late next year. But that's still yeah. cool. Like I feel like revealing again, again. Well, almost. Hey, it's winter next next winter. Yeah, their winter. Yes, which would be December, January, February. Yeah, so it could be late next year or yeah, early the year after, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So um, yes. it, I f- still feel like this is a good timeline. We're not going to be waiting like five years after they reveal Square Enix, like Square Enix revealing this a- about 12 months, well, roughly. There was also more. news that they've already started development and work on the third part of this. Yeah. So they've, yeah, they've said, so there's a certain degree of this team that have started like pre-production basically on the, the third part, which makes sense. I, th- I think that's, that's fine. And knowing that it's going to be a trilogy, I think is also good to know like coming in knowing that it's just going to be three of these games uh it's fitting considering there's three discs for the mm-hmm. ps1 yeah. release of the game Which, so the and the first game did pretty much line up with the first disc 
First is uh, not even actually no, no. no. <laughs> not even close. Not even. Now that I think about it, no, <laughs> no. not at all. No, no. no. The first game nope. ends with a certain character's death. Um, the first disc ends with a certain character's death. Um, this trailer though, I think is really cool. Obviously, the one thing that trailer jumps around is so you have Cloud walking down um, a road with like Sephiroth and stuff, and yeah, that's um presumably a flashback. Um, there are other things I could say, but I won't. Then you've got intercut scenes with like teasing Aerith's death from the first game. Um, that's the one thing I'm not going to say is like a spoiler to say because like I'm pretty sure that's like a piece of video game history. Like everyone, even like, though you just avoided it just there. No, 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 no. The other thing I'm dodging is something is something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, look, Aerith's death is like a classic video game moment. I feel like everyone knows it from the, it's it's literally what yeah. Um, then that's sort of what they're teasing and potentially saying that this game will change. I lo- I really like the title. I think the title makes perfect sense because I think we went into a bit when we, uh, on our Final Fantasy VII remake spoiler cast where I was talking about how, like, remake, it's not a remake of the game. It's a remake of history. Like, it's a it's a play on words because what ends up happening with Final Fantasy VII remake is it it start when you start the game you think you're just playing this remake of the the beloved PS1 franchise game and then by the time you get to the end of that game it's like oh my god what the fuck like it's it's not really it's a sequel to Final Fantasy 7 that's redoing the events like Sephiroth is like trying to change things and you know like all these weird like it gets sort of convoluted as any Square Enix Final Fantasy game does but mm. that's that's good so remake was a That's why it's interesting about the spoiler talk because maybe it isn't spoilers cuz yeah. they could go in a slightly <sighs> No, Very but I feel like there's there's still key things which the first game showed. There's still key. I think they'll still hit key character events and beats potentially. So there's certain things potentially. I mean, the one they're foreshadowing in this is like, is that going to be one? No, I think do? they'll change. I that. think they're gonna. I, I, I'm going to say I've right now, Aerith doesn't die. I'm saying right now, Aerith doesn't die. I think this game turns into they do everything to prevent her from dying, but in the end. It turns out to be this is a fixed point. You have point to die in, to save them. In, this is a fixed classic, point. In uh, classic alternate dimension sort of like the fixed time thing or something. Yeah. It's going to be a this has to happen. She has to die to continue this. This is no ifs, no buts. It's just a fixed point where it has to happen. I mean, there's lots of crazy things they could do. Like, and then if they continue the R, it's like, what's the third one like? Resurrections. Yeah, I don't know. Sound crazy. Um, but yeah, what what do you make of the trailer, Ash? Like, what do you the Rebirth Tower? I think it was solid. It didn't give away a hell of a lot. Uh, looks pretty. It looks like it's going to be more open world, maybe. Or yeah, it's hard to say. There's talk that it's going to be, like, be open world. ish I think it's going to be because obviously that's open world, but yeah, yeah, because obviously that opens up after. Yeah, the, the original Barely, game, whatever. you have a linear structure in Midgar, and once you leave Midgar, mm. then you're, like, more open world. Yeah, so. So maybe not completely open world, but, like, different zones or big zones. Like, mm. there were reasonably large zones in Midgard as well, so. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if they're flashbacks, or maybe it's, like, you know, the old uh, Parvi's imagination thing, you know, in his head. Yeah. Kieran, what do you As think? Someone of the- who knows nothing about <laughs> Fast and Furious lore, except for the 
Did you say Final Fast Fantasy and Furious match? Lore? You just okay. said Fast and Furious lore. Final Fantasy lore. <laughs> you know the Fast and Furious lore. It's just all I about do know family. The yeah. yeah, I was about to say, it's about family. That's the lore. Like, what the fuck? Of course you know Fast like, you know? I appreciate that you said that. Like, good, I appreciate that's on your mind. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Very similar. Very similar. I mean, I'm hoping that's what's happening in the next one. So they just reboot. After these next movies, they just reboot it and just completely change. Yeah. Change history. They're trying to change the events of the first few movies. Brian doesn't die, um, and then oh my god! No, Brian That's, doesn't get involved. So Brian doesn't drive. To the, Brian doesn't drive away. Brian's there the whole time. Yeah, Brian never shows up, so they keep us selling stealing DVD players at the back. <laughs> of the and then he goes back in time. And they're like, "No, you have to steal DVD players, or else the world ends." <laughs> Kieran, what do you what do you think of the trail? Um, I think this trailer is great. Um, to be on- honest with me, I think anything with this, like continuing this storyline, is just an instant. I'm going to buy it because I think they did such a fantastic job on remake. Um, I, it's just exciting. It's a great story. It's a great story how they're changing it, but like reiterating on the foundations that they already had. Um, I'm excited to see more characters. I'm yeah. I'm ex- and somebody and I still haven't gone back to play um, retrograde retrograde yet. So. Neither. None yeah, it's have. something I need to do at some point and want to do. Before this comes out. Uh, yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got you've got 12 months. You've got about a year. <laughs> yeah. Lock it in. Um, yeah, I'm definitely keen to to find out more. And uh, I think this is going to be really... I'm um, after Like, I was excited for 7 being a full-on remake. And I was someone who definitely, like, a 7 being one of my favorite games and everything. Like, the, the idea of them remaking 7, I was always aboard that hype train and i remember when they finally revealed it i was like losing my mind that one time they, like the music started Which and everything time? like the first time like it was before ian like pre pre ian sort of thing so um the i remember yeah i remember sitting at my desk like what e3 you know like fucking drinking a mother energy drink or whatever i was just like i think i was one of the best like the times i've lost my shit the most over an e3 like the music started and i was like no you know like i was like it's fucking so um but given what we got wasn't a full-on remake i'm still very happy because i think it's like it, it makes the game a lot more interesting i think it's better i think yeah. it's better than a full-on remake like yeah. there's and it um, opens the door for them to do a remake <laughs> you imagine it and then it, but it, then it opens the door for them to potentially even though you know we don't want them to get into a cycle of just doing it doing it with other final fantasy tales not just the popular ones not just your um i mean it'll be the popular ones first and, right eights and tens and stuff but i love them to go back and do six or do some of the earlier ones but just bring them back into well the rumor is nine because that's the one that was on the nvidia geforce yes. leak thing so. yes which would make sense i think nine's a good one to remake i'd be down for nine i don't want you would nine's your favorite i mean it makes sense My because favorite's eight 11. meant to take place eight continues to seven right hey Eight continues on from seven, sort of, right? No, no, no. It's a complete no. Movie. All the Final Fantasies, <laughs> that, all the Final Fantasies are. Uh, when does Vin Diesel show up? Is one <laughs> um, when what the dinosaurs it? turn up. The only time a Final Fantasy game is a direct sequel to another is when they ten two. Yeah, so you've got ten two cloud and two no. squall. No, whatever, no. Squall is Squall a completely is, different character. But Squall's a different character. Completely no, different character. They're the same character. No. Just because like t- like they meet in Kingdom Hearts does not mean they were f- ever met in the Final Fantasy. I was going to say, Kingdom Hearts is... <laughs> You're like, I saw them. Like, there was Hercules. They fought in the Colosseum, guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you lied to me. I'm Where's Goofy, it guys? Where's Goofy? 
I better see that kid's oversized shoes turn up sometime <laughs> around here. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love that shit. Oh, <laughs> I was surprised that uh, it's not coming to Xbox, like the first uh, one. It's weird when you look at the other thing they announced and the platforms that it's on. It's very like, what the fuck is going on, Square? Do you just not give a fuck? It's because Sony's buying Square Enix. I mean, that that was my theory. Just checking out. <laughs> why? <laughs> here's why it's not coming out next. Here's why it's not coming. No, uh, I, I presume, based, like, cause... obviously Sony had exclusivity for the first part. Uh, maybe they made a deal for the entire run. Well, uh, they said... We made a deal for Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII Remake. You haven't finished remaking it. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers, no shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, we get every game until it's done, and then Xbox can have it all in a complete collection. Well, the thing is, but they're like, but this this side thing that is yeah. a spin-off, Xbox, you can have that. Yeah. Sure. So let's get to that. Uh, continuing from Press Start. Thank you, Kieran. Not that Kieran, this other Kieran. KV. Uh, Square Enix hosted a special Final Fantasy 7 25th. Original release for PSP in 2007, Crisis Core. So this game's called Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion. But originally released in PSP in 2007, Crisis Core follows fan favorite Final Fantasy 7 character Zack's origin for story and features a unique action RPG combat system. Now, Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion is coming to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series XX, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. This Summer, according to the game's official website, this new website includes the following enhancements. Remade 3D character models, full voice support, optimized gameplay systems, remade environments and interface, improved character and camera control, UI optimization, the addition of various skips, all new background music arrangements. So I presume I'm the only person who cares about this here, right? Am I presuming correctly? No, I fucking love Crisis Core. Did you play it as well? Yeah. Okay, here's here's my Crisis Core story. I was obsessed with this game when it came out. Right? <laughs> was obsessed. I would play it in the black back of maths class like all year round. I did. And my maths teacher was like, I have the shit like I have the the dropkick, like actual worst people in the, the in the school. Like we've the heard this story the, before. Yeah, okay, I feel but like this every is the game. Crisis, this is the game. I feel this like is every the game. time this game comes up, this but story is told. This teacher was like, "Man, if yeah. you're not going to cause any trouble, sit at the back of the yeah. class and yeah. just play the game, but and you're feel, fine." But my favorite part is like he's like, "I have to deal with these motherfuckers," and they're just like not doing anything and causing a rusket, ruckus. You just don't want to do the work, but as long as you pass your tests, you're good. So your boy passed the test and played Crisis Core all year long. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. Uh, that's the story. <laughs> Moral of the story. Teaching. It's bad as my dad. Fucking swear. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Crisis Core is a great game. The So the game uh, being a PSP and portable game, the, the thing that I'll be most interested to find out is, although it has a lot of really great story in it, um, especially when it comes to Zach and his background and, and stuff like that, um, is that the co- the mission structure was designed as sort of these mostly 10 to 15 minute hack and slashy sort of things designed around the PSP and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to be interested to see if they like change any of those around at all or like design stuff slightly differently, maybe take some out because it was very grindy, um, especially like the like a fuck ton of side missions and all that sort of stuff. So I'll see how that changed. But the combat is actually surprisingly fun. Very simple, but surprisingly 
um, fun, especially to pull off like limit breaks and all these sorts of things. Uh, the story is really cool. So again, I'm trying to judge, but so Zach is for people who don't know, Zach was like Cloud's partner in Soldier. That's who he talks about in Final Fantasy VII. He is like the they they two work together and they they knew Sephiroth and you know all this sort of stuff. But this is this is Zach's origin story. So you get to see Sephiroth in this as well. This is when Sephiroth is actually a good guy. He's still working for um. The fuck's the corporations for Soldier and for um? The fuck is yeah? I can't remember the actual. Oh Shinra. my god! Shinra. That's yes. It. Um. So this is when he's still working for Shinra. You get to meet. Uh, I can't remember the character's name because he's only in this game. But you get to meet Zach's mentor. So the person he actually gets the um the Buster Blade Buster. sword sword off. Mm-hmm. Um. And then eventually, of course, that ends up in Cloud's hands. So you get to see a lot more lineage behind why that sword means so much to so many people, which is a really cool part of this game as well. There's a lot of really. I remember like. Maybe they've aged terribly on the PSP, but there's a lot of really epic, like full CG cutscenes in this with people like having epic ass anime fights. Well, especially there was Sephiroth already shit. Um, from the trailer. There's already comparison of there's a shot of Aerith going around where um, comparing that shot to the shot from the trailer, and it's night and day. It looks fantastic. Yeah. So presuming that it's it's going to look even better um, yeah. with those scenes as well. This is this the year of PSP games, right? Like we've got now got Persona Three. Persona 4 Golden coming to consoles as well. As We've now man. got Crisis Call. But the, the fucking... Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just a couple of a different console. Persona but. 3 was PSP. But yeah, like it is... Look, if we just get like... Uh, I don't know if there's whatever... You know, like Daxter? I'd go for Daxter. If somebody Daxter? wants to bring Daxter to um PSP had, had some banger games, yeah. Um, Ash, as someone who never played the original game, obviously never played this... I don't even know if you've yep. ever seen a PSP in your life. Uh, but you played Final Fantasy VII Remake. You yep. liked that. Do you have any interest in this? I mean, yeah, it's the guy from who shows up at a point in the game, right? Uh, I don't actually remember. Maybe towards the pointy end. Towards the pointy end? <laughs> what is that fucking... What is that? Right thing? at the very end. Right at the very end. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. Right at the very end. Yes, yes, correct. You're, you're right. I just remembered. Yes. That's I was trying guy. to be not spoiling. No, you're right. Yes. It. I forgot. I was trying to remember how they ended the game. You're right. This is the guy. So, yeah, because I'm thinking they don't have Zach in part one, but they do. Yes. At the very end, Zach shows up. Yes. This is that guy. Yes. So, you know, you got to. it's prequels, right? So, you know, fill it all in. Um, yeah, I'm interested. I mean get more Final Fantasy 7s stuff. Although it's interesting, it looks like the combat system isn't going to be the same as Remake, and you would think they would maybe streamline it, so it would be No, similar. it's... Yeah, I, I guess, but they don't want to take away... Like, if you change the combat system, it's like, what's the game then? Like... No, I don't think they are. Mini from, Final Fantasy judging VII, from... Right. Judging from the trailers, it didn't look like they had like changed the... No, they haven't changed anything, but Ash anything. is saying, like... He, Ash is saying they should have changed it. To be like, oh fuck well, no! No, you know you don't just tr- change dream drop distance and fucking remove that shit from the game, do you? No, you probably they should literally have. changed the combat from the original to the remake. Uh, I don't know about that one. I think they, they were did. the combat like it was a turn based role playing game, what and then they made it an action that? RPG game. Yeah, uh, we we don't, jury's still out on this one. Let's move along to the, whatever Dylan's got next to talk about. <laughs> Uh, here's a is do you think they'll change the ending so it fits in more with the the new game 
Is that's the discussion I've heard I, listening to some other people. I don't know if they'll need I to because I don't know if they're going to have to. Yeah. So again, dodging without getting into spoilers for potential remake stuff and whatever else. As of yet, I see no reason for them to change the ending of this game because I don't feel like what happens at the end of this game is going to change in remake. I feel like what people are talking about when you say that, I feel like it's going to stay the same in reunion when they eventually go over this stuff. I don't, I don't feel like anything from that part is going to change because they still hint at a lot of that stuff in the first game in remake. Well, uh, I don't think... To try and put it... I don't think Cloud knows how things are at the end of Remake. No, but Cloud doesn't know at that point in the original either, so... Yeah, true, true. So, no, I don't think they're changing anything. I think it's fine. I think it'll be perfectly fine the way it is. Uh, But it's a very good game. I actually cried at the end of it, so... That's what I hear. It happens to people. Yeah. I remember just, I remember just crying. And then I, I had someone else I knew in high school who was playing at the same time. I remember coming in and being like, oh, fuck it. Like, I finished it last night, but I, like, cried my eyes out. He's like, me too, man. And then we went and listened to My Chemical Romance in the corner. <laughs> I mean, so if I remember correctly, you're like, when we were talking about the, the next game, we were talking about maybe they put this inside of that game, the story elements. Are you glad they're just keeping them separate? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to like. I really like this game. I have a lot of fond memories of this game. So I, I mm. sometimes I get sick of like, oh, we make everything. But if it's a game, I have a lot of fond memories with. I'm, I can't help like I know it's like sort of maybe I'm being a bit you know silly, but like if, if it's a game I'm fond of, of course I'm going to be happy <laughs> with it. So no, it's a game I'm fond of. So I have no problems with are you, it. Are you surprised it's coming in like six to eight months? No, it's, oh, I mean, yeah, I'm surprised, but I don't um, I don't feel like it's like shadow dropping like it's still yeah still the end of the year roughly it'll probably come out like october october is probably right if i was guessing october yeah, november i still don't think anyone puts anything out in december i just think december's a dead month apart from i think like one of the callisto protocols coming out december 3rd i'm like yo wow <laughs> i think one game always puts their kind of their flag in like december 12th area and they're like this is this is it. This is where we. It's like we've had like Jedi Fallen Order was December. Um, I think that was to fit in with. But they didn't. Stars. They didn't make the game awards. So yeah, but nobody cares about the game awards. A ads. lot of people care yeah. about the game awards. They don't care about the awards and the game awards. Well. Even no, the game companies care about the, care about the game awards. Yeah, because they care about showing their game beforehand. No, once the game's They're out, the games game awards during the game. No, I, th- I think I think that p- companies do care because I think there's enough evidence to go to show that if you do win any of the awards there, especially that game, do you of the think year, like sales of the It Takes Two went up after it won yep. game of the year? Yep, yep. I'm gonna say they did. I'm gonna say they saw a significant uprise. I have okay. no evidence for this. But you're, if you're asking, like, do I think? Yes. You think Shakira got a massive bump in sales? Uh, no. No, I don't. No. I feel like everyone who played that wanted to play it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it takes two is a lot different, though. Like, yeah. Like, I know we played it and it's like, oh, yeah, who hadn't heard of that game? But I still, like, there's still people I know, like. You'd written an article about it and said why it was so shit. <laughs> but I mean, like, there's people even I work with who, you know, who play video games and stuff, but. They don't know. They don't know who the. They wouldn't. They never heard that game. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we get so used to this bubble that we exist in that you forget what like the normal gamer you know what I mean is like. Like who doesn't yep. ingest 
news and mm. content like 24 seven and, you know, have their eye on nearly every game, which is what we're used to. I well, know I'm not, I'm used to definitely fucking, if I, if I don't know a game is this, I'm like, what the fuck was this mean? Like, how do I not know about this? Like, how dare you yeah. like go under my nose sort of thing. But yeah, uh, I guess my, a couple other questions. Uh, are you surprised with these being released so soon with also Final Fantasy 16 coming in the next 12 months as well? Like they're pumping out a lot of these games now where I feel like there's been a long, long period of not making games. Obviously, they've also got Forspoken sometime this year. So really, this side of Square Enix is going to have like four major titles in the next 18 months. I think it's good for Square Enix in a world where they're talking about investing in bloody NFTs and whatever the hell else. Well, that was my next question. You surprised there was no Final Fantasy VII NFTs as part of this? No, because I think the people who make these games don't want anything to do with that, and it's just the business bigwigs that sit in the office and, you know, cash the checks that want to do all that sort of stuff. So, But no, I feel like, like, obviously, Forspoken, I don't feel like matters. That's like a completely different game. And then I feel like releasing... So what? This releases... So Crisis Core remake, not a massive game. The only people who are going to buy that are people like me or the Final Fantasy VII Hardcore. I think even a bunch of people who played remake will even skip this. I'm like, ah, PSP remake, don't care. Not, not everyone, but I feel like it's not going to be like 100% converted. I feel like there will be a large uptake of people. Who I think will there will be a large through, increase, like, especially yeah. people who like like Ash maybe who who only played remake and they're like, oh, I never heard it. I never played this back in the day because I never cared about it and never had a piece. You know, like, so I think it'll sell well. Also, but- it's coming to everything. Yeah, well, so that helps, including else. Switch. Like, Switch... Um, Which is like, ooh. But, I mean, it was a PSP game, so, like, the, the fact yeah, is so on I mean, Switch maybe. is like, yeah. <laughs> it's not crazy that it's on Switch, considering it's a remake of a PSP game. Um, okay. If the Switch couldn't run a remake of a PSP game, I'd be like, fucking hell, where's the Switch Pro? Like, come on, let's go, guys. Like, <laughs> we really in struggle down if you can't play that an old game. And then as for, like, releasing Final Fantasy uh, 16 and Final Fantasy 7... Uh, what's the fuck's it called? Rebirth. 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 Uh, releasing those in the same year, I still think that's fine because they'll potentially release uh, either 10 to 12 months apart or even like 12 to 14 months apart. You know what I mean? So I, th- I feel like it's... That's what well, I reckon. One's summer and one's winter, right? So it's yeah. like six months apart. Potentially, at the earliest. I, th- I think there's going to so be... nine I'd- months apart at the latest. Okay. I feel like th- either way... It's going to be a big enough gap, and they're completely different games again. I know you can be like, they're both called Final Fantasy, but I feel like they're just like yeah. literally ones with swords and set during like a, a, a steampunk era, you know, and all these sorts of things. And the other ones. And the other one's got swords. The other one does have. Fantasy era. <laughs> one, I should say, what I meant to say is the other one has like guns, is the di- differentiating. One has motorcycles, one has horses, yes. There you go. Yeah. And the other one's, one's a. One's more high fantasy. Yes. The other one is a strict one, right? high fantasy. OG Final Fantasy game, that, and then other ones like they don't like. I know they got the same name, but they're very different games. And I, I presume the combat, which we don't know much about the combat in sixteen yet, even though it still looks action based, it's going to have a completely different action system because all Final Fantasy games have different combat systems. Like, that's just their what it's been since the, the the day. Like every game's a new combat system. So yeah, I, I don't feel like that's a problem. It will be good for good for Square Enix, I think, to get. Some games rolling because usually, yeah, they take years and years and years between games. So, and they, they struggle. They struggle to keep up with Western developers who, you know, like Naughty Dog, pushing out Uncharted every two to three years. And meanwhile, like Square Enix pub- used to publish one Final Fantasy game, two Final Fantasy games a generation. And they'd be like, "Oh, why are more people buying their games?" It's like, "Well, because you, you're not fucking making them. Like <laughs> you put you put you put out like one or two games a generation. Like, come on." 
Last question. Are we going to go to Dirge of Cerberus remake? Fuck, I hope so. I doubt it. <laughs> even though I was surprised it was even there in like the shitty title screen thing they did, which looked fucking horrible, Square Enix. Just don't do that ever again. But I was like, man, you brought up Dirge of Cerberus? You go, guys. Vincent stands, come out of your holes, wear your gothic looks, get your leather belts out. <clears throat> Years just, ago, just- I didn't own, that was one of the games I didn't own because I, I played it at a friend's, right? And then years, a few, mm-hmm. only like 10 plus years ago. And then someone was like, oh, I'm trying to clear out some of my PS2 games. Like, do you want to see what I got? And I was like, yeah, don't, don't care for this. And they did just over us. So I brought it off and played 20 bucks. Um, haven't played it once. I solely brought it because I wanted, because now I own, well, oh. at the time I owned that completed my like Farm Fantasy 7 collection. Switch. So yeah, I, I've still got that. I've still, I've got to just over us like hidden away in somewhere, but. Um, the game, yeah, for people that don't know, Dirt of Cerberus is like a action spin-off Vincent, who's like a vampire <laughs> character from Final Fantasy VII. But the funniest thing is him and Yuffie are both characters that you can actually never even unlock in the game. So, like, if you don't go to where Vincent is in Final Fantasy VII, you never even have him in your party. Like, <laughs> it's just, and then they gave him a spin-off, so. <laughs> yeah, so Wikipedia calls it a action role-playing third-person shooter. Yes. Yeah. Is it accurate? Yeah. It was very weird. It was a weird game. Yeah. It was the story is absolutely nonsensical, but yeah. Um, mm. and then I want to know if after all this Final Fantasy remake trilogy stuff's done, I'll remake Final Fantasy Advent Children and <laughs> change the, the just story. redo the movie. Redo yeah. the movie. Yeah. Because I'm so well, isn't the apparently the movie is like called Reunion or something. No, they re-released it with the 4K release. It's like now called like Font Fancy Advent Children Cross Union Space or yeah, something like that. But the title at the time made sense because like the storyline in that is actually about like they're, they're trying to reunite with Muller. So like Reunion was sort of that. So I don't know. By the way, I'm a defender of that movie. For years, people were like, this movie's shit. I fucking loved it. I mean, when it came out, like 25 2005 whatever fucking i was obsessed like you talk about so much like the end fight scene the music when spoilers but sephiroth comes back at the end of that movie one winged angel kicks in fucking clouds like sephiroth i was like oh fuck Fuck. let's go let's fucking go (laughs) so good Final fantasy movie though i don't know if anyone knows there's a Final fantasy movie shit Absolutely shit. It's called uh, Spirit, oh, no, I Spirit, do know that one. Spirit that Within, was Spirit of Children or something. Spirit Within, because it was like nothing to do. It was like, like it was no, it was a wholly original of- story, which is fine because they were like, every game's a new story. But so it was like, hope. it was so un-Final Fantasy though. Yeah. Like there was nothing. Yeah. I think it Alec was more Baldwin, of like a sci-fi movie than it was Final mm-hmm. Fantasy from what I can remember. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, and I um, got so excited. So what you're saying is we need to watch it. It is terrible. I think, and the thing is, I, I think it came out like 2001, two, something like that, right? How old would I have been? I was like 10 or 11 when this came out. And I was. 2001 or 2002? No way. You were like. Yeah. Eight, nine, ten. No, because you're only a year older than me. So you would have been. I'm born in 92. So like it came eight? out. It came out 2001. There you go. So I was. So you were like nine. Nine. I was like nine. Um, and I remember, so by the time I watched it, it would have been like, yeah, no, I would have been like 10 though. Cause I would, I didn't watch it at the cinema. I would have watched it when it came out on VHS or whatever. So like a year or so later. Um, but yeah, I remember being like super excited for it. I watched it when I was like 10 or whatever. And I could not understand a single thing that was happening in it. it went 
bored me to <laughs> smithereens. Went back and tried to watch it when I was older, and I was like, no, nah, not only is this boring, but it's shit. Like, I just don't, not good, so. Alright, let's get into some more news. Let's go from talking about stuff I love, like Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 7, Advent Children, all these sorts of things. Talk about something that Kieran loves. Called Overwatch 2. So, instead of like just handing him the wheels and letting him just like lose his mind and ramble on about everything that happened today, I will give a quick rundown and then pass the, um, from Kotaku and then pass the, the mic over for Kieran's thoughts. So, Kotaku writes, today Blizzard Gay fans are look at how Overwatch 2 will move from its predecessor's standard $60 pricing towards a free-to-play live service model. The reveal event stream also provided at a seasonal release roadmap and the newest hero, Junker Queen. Aaron Keller, direct, uh, Aaron Keller Overwatch 2's game director, said the team decided to go free-to-play to ensure the new release would be a living game with seasonal content drops players can look forward to for years to come. Saying, quote, In recent years, we haven't done a good enough job at delivering that for our fans, and we feel their frustration. We took a hard look at our strategy for Overwatch 2 to make sure we could deliver new heroes, new maps, modes, and more to the community on a frequent and consistent basis, end quote. The team plans to bring those updates every nine weeks through seasonal events, Overwatch 2 production director Paul Haley said players can see what they mean for the game's second beta, which will be playable on Xbox, PlayStation, as well as PC. Question from the audience. <laughs> Is it going to be ranked in this beta? Fuck off. <laughs> Don't even start. Let me fucking finish. Jesus Christ. There are some- I was waiting for that shit. <laughs> These are some of the updates coming to Overwatch 2 in October and December. There won't be any more loot boxes. Though the event teased a battle pass and in-game store for Overwatch 2. Competitive we'll play will have a post-match report, giving players a breakdown of their performance. PvE in 2023 will have playable canonical storylines. The game will add Rio, a Portugal-based map. Mythic skins, which are cosmetic skins designed to be a step above legendary skins, will be added, as well as a character charms to display on weapons and banners. The event also unveiled a new origin story and cinematics for its new tank hero, Junker Queen, first seen during the Junkerton escape map reveal trailer. Junker Queen is the first Overwatch character developed specifically for Overwatch 2's 5v5 gameplay. She'll be playable during Overwatch 2's second beta on June 28th. Overwatch 2 is slated for release in early access on October 4th. Kieran, you had a tweet today. You seem excited. I even I was like when this event happened. Even I was like, I don't know, they're saying some decent things. Like the moment they were like, no more loot boxes. I was like, there's wow. there's some like good. It's it, when you. I don't think it was more apparent than ever that people who have enjoyed and played Overwatch have been enjoying a game that's built on infrastructure from 2016 and was a time capsule for the world that was 2016 gaming, where it was loot boxes and that kind of progression and, and that's way. And then, you know, for Overwatch fans over the years, you've had to kind of watch as Apex Legends and Valorant and Fortnite have come along and they have changed how we look at loot and in-game kind of, um, uh, like, progression. And we've seen people have battle passes and we've seen people have in-game stores and, and these kind of... Um, higher priced items and, and 
I think Overwatch has just been missing those things, and I've been looking at those things for so long, wishing Overwatch had them. And now to know that that's going to be involved in this free-to-play model, um, I think it's really exciting for Overwatch fans. Like, just the to go from... <laughs> like, it, Overwatch hasn't had new content or a new character for two years. Like, it, it's been two years of, of nothing except for the odd skins event, and that's about it. And prior to that, we were only getting new characters, maybe one or two new characters... A year, and that was if we were lucky. Um, with this roadmap, and you know, they've already said, "Hey, three characters on launch." Which some weird people have been complaining about. It's only three new characters, which is just get over yourselves. So, to three put in perspective, three new characters on launch is about the last three years, three four years. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three three new characters. So it's a new character for every role. Um, they've already got Sojourn as a DPS. We've now got Junker Queen as the tank, and they've said that there's another support character that they're willing to. They're going to announce prior to launch, um, and then prior to that, and then past that, they've said, "Look, every season, as Dylan said, nine weeks. Every season is going to come with a new character, a new map, or a new game mode." And they've already committed to the next seasons are going to have a new tank character, and there's two new support characters on the way. So they've already established that the two roles that don't have as many characters are getting their fulfill of characters. We're going to have new maps. There's at least 30 plus new skins every season. Um, they commented on competitive. They didn't, I doubt they'll be ranked in the beta, but whatever. But they're, they're, they're now fixing the rank system. So it's not like a granular number rating that you're looking at. It is a tier system within ranks, much like League, Valorant, Apex Legends, which I think is a more conducive way of doing a ranked system. Um, I think Junker Queen looks really fun to play, and she does show a lot of elements of um, the new game style design, pardon me, game style design of Tank Heroes for Overwatch. Um, it's it's really exciting, and I think uh, I've, I've had like this moral dilemma today because Activism Blizzard are still a shit company, but I can't help myself but fucking love the crap out of this game. Um, the it, it just makes me excited to play it and makes me excited to jump in. Um, not only October fourth but June twenty eighth. Um, is, is, had, the, is the other beta um like do you have to watch a Twitch stream for twenty hours to get in that? Or so what? this is where you guys are gonna laugh at me and you're gonna hate me. Yeah, because I'm waiting. I'm waiting for some like oh, I had to buy a pack of Skittles from Coles and then like enter a code. No, 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 no. It's worse than a pack of Skittles. So. Yeah. You can opt in. Currently, the main method too is you can opt in. You have to put down what is your platform of preference because it's on all consoles and and PC and everything. And then they've put a note in there that says invites are only based on um, uh, invites are only based on. We'll, we're sending out invites depending on what console and platform we are because we need an even spread of everybody um, on these platforms. So why wouldn't you say, say PlayStation and increase your chances of getting it? Well. Because there's another way to guarantee yourself access to the beta. You had to buy it, right? Well, I haven't yet, but I'm going to, and I've committed to this, and I'm having the moral dilemma of me giving money over. What did you buy? So, they announced afterwards this event, they announced something called the Watch Point Pack, which is a, in Australia, a $60 bundle. I was about to say, a $60, yeah. $60 bundle. Where you get two skins, like a skin for Cassidy and for Soldier, two thousand um, Overwatch League tokens, which lets you buy skins in the game, 
um, the premium battle pass for the first season as soon as it comes out, as well as guaranteed access to the June 28th beta. Um, I looked at it and I was like, fuck, I'm buying that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is, you know, it does. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew this was coming. As soon as I read that you could guy you had instant access, I was like I didn't want to say I assumed, yeah. but I assumed. No, <laughs> this is where I, I tweeted out I because I tweeted I tweeted my I'm the biggest mark for Overwatch um this morning, and then I found out about the watchweight pack later on today, and that's when I quote tweeted it and I was like, look, it's worse than I thought. All of the memes about me on RK Couch are true. Uh, because me and throwing money at games that I like or enjoy is totally, totally on character and on brand, and I'm totally going to do it. Um, I have a lot of hope for Overwatch right now, and it, it, I think in turn it's growing hope for Activision Blizzard to just hopefully become a better company and be a better company long term. Um, I mean, I have nothing but hope they're going to be a better company going forward because they've literally been brought by a different company who's going to yeah, kick exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Like, so. and, and I think, just thinking about today, I think for, for me personally, not only am I going to enjoy it and, and, and want to buy it anyway, but at the same time, I think, you know, the Overwatch team has been through so fucking much and their higher management does not fucking help them at all. They had to go through the bullshit recently of i don't know if we ever talked about it but the the character calculator that blizzard released that worked out if like the like if the character had like points based on like its cultural identity its gender identity what characters what like age groups it appealed to like that and yeah that that was announced for activision blizzard and a lot of the overwatch team went what the fuck we don't need this we are people with eyes we know what people want and and need and we can make these own choices ourselves it's just like so many developers have been crying out that you know upper management and higher people in high positions have been shooting the lower teams in the in the foot and kind of stopping them and and it's been a hard and you know this overwatch 2 has been a messy development and for me personally i think with this kind of roadmap they've laid out and the the vision that they've laid out for overwatch 2 i think it's you know, put it to a point where I think for me personally, it's worth the $60 to to show some support for that team and to, you know, so many people have been shitting on them for so long because of bad communication and poor kind of developer updates and lack of content. And finally, that is all seems to be changing and improving. Um, I think it is, for me personally, I think it's a good time for me to to, to show some appreciation back. Ash, do you have any Overwatch thoughts? Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's all nice that they say this is what they want to do, but you know, you, there's going to be no loot boxes. You know, Overwatch think, two. I think so. Why? Why is that hard to believe when there's going to be a store and a battle pass to buy? Because still, in the Apex, has got those things, and it's still got loot boxes technically. Uh, to me, it sounds like they're leaning toward towards the Valorant system than apex though i don't you know what are, how i, I think so i think 20 15 20 battle pass they're gonna have a fuck ton these new skins whatever their name is i already forgot the they've said 30 plus and then they've got yeah mythic skins which are the mythic skins are gonna cost apex. like a 
but like how much do legendary skins cost? Like, what do you reckon? Well, you can't outright buy legendary skins. You just have to roll. So I wouldn't be able to put a price on them. I guess the so only thing we've got compatible, the only thing I've got right? comparable is the uh, breast cancer awareness mercy skin was like forty bucks, thirty to forty bucks, but all of that went to charity. So yeah, so I was going to chuck out a, a random, but number. I would say that's. I'm going to say these skins roughly. cost like fifty, sixty bucks. I would I would be not surprised if that was the case. So mythic skins, fifty, sixty bucks, twenty, fifteen, twenty dollar battle pass, and then I think you're going to have to buy the characters. It'll be. I don't think you have to buy the characters. I think you'll have to buy the. Uh, I think solo. you have to buy skins. The the solo PVE things. Maybe. Yes, because they never nowhere in these updates have they mentioned that PVE is free. Yeah. So, so I actually think they will. I think, and I think this is a good way if they do it, they will tie the PVE to the battle pass. If you buy the battle pass, you get PVE with it, and you have to buy them episodically. I'm still gonna say you have to buy the characters. I'm gonna say you can buy it with like similar to maybe Apex, where you could potentially I... earn credits to buy them in the battle pass. But if you don't, but if not, you have to. I don't them. think Overwatch would work. Why that way? Because Overwatch, you need uh, like the the core gameplay. You only of, get of the Overwatch. original characters that are currently in Overwatch. Yeah. Nah, I don't any see any new ones that. you have to pay for. Yeah, anything after I launch. Nah, I don't Possibly. see Overwatch doing that. Because the thing is, Overwatch use their characters as a uh, the Overwatch n- use new characters as a way and method to uh, evolve and change metas within the game, and Sorry? they said that within their sounds like something they want people to pay for, right? No, I highly you want to like, you want to become part of the meta, right? Any has that different, like even like League of Legends or anything? Has that like, different any, any those, other game? Any of those games? Uh, have to buy I feel like uh, because League has such a different and varied solutions and a lots of different you can buy there's multiple characters that all fix the same kind of role like position whereas overwatch doesn't have that but if they're going to be bringing out more characters then if they're going to bring out one every nine weeks i just don't i don't even then like down the line maybe but i don't see them i know i see them do. i feel like they're, they're moving free to play there has to be some like uh i don't I don't think they they can. Like, I just don't. I think because Overwatch is designed to like the core basis of Overwatch multiplayer design is to be able to swap characters to take all to your money via the... loot boxes. No. Okay. No. <laughs> so now they're just going to take your money for characters. Uh, I just think they're going to based take the on money their plan. For... There's going to be five new characters. The, in the no, next no, no. Year. The thing is, I feel like they're going to have more people spending money because of the store and the battle pass and the characters. No, I just think that the store and the battle pass is a revenue stream that they haven't had. You know, they had but loot then boxes. Could to also buy, have the revenue but stream. Now you can now you can turn around and say, "Hey, spend ten, fifteen dollars on this skin that for this character you really like." And I feel like more people are going to be able to do that rather than buy loot boxes and stuff. And battle passes every nine weeks—that means a new battle pass every nine weeks. Yeah, but of at least ten to fifteen dollars every nine weeks. Yeah, it's got, well, I'm saying fifteen twenty because that's what like Apex and Fortnite. No, no, no. That's and, the that's the sorry. So fifteen twenty is definitely the Australian the, equivalent. Yeah, the where it's at. But that's the the point I see it at, and I, I don't. I I personally just don't think. I think if they were going to lock characters, they already would have announced that. They already would have had to have said that because I'm Overwatch. Blizzard is not in a position, and the Overwatch team is not in a current position. 
to last second drop a bomb, like, hey, characters are locked. I don't think they I don't think they could possibly do that. I think that I is mean, too if there's no characters lo- locked at launch, they don't have to say anything. I the thing is I don't if the no, plan is down already, the line for the characters to be The way they're unlocked. advertising it, the way they're advertising it in their seasonal timelines is like it's guaranteed like it's just part of it is a new season, new characters. That's just out. your interpretation because I don't see that the thing is, right? Overwatch the Overwatch team is currently in a, a negative position. They can't be doing underhanded stuff. They can't be smoke and mirrors. It's not underhanded. Stuff. It is though. It is if no, you it's not. Apex releases a character no, no, no. every month. Yeah, but that's every season. Way, but that is the way Apex has always been. Yeah, but Overwatch has never been a free to play game before now. No, no, no. But you're never. But then you got to turn around and say, oh, by the way, all these characters that you love and play, you're going to need to start unlocking. What we're saying for new ones. No, new ones. We're saying. I don't. No, we're, we're, I don't say, even we're think saying at launch, no all, the, all the characters are unlocked. No shot. And then no n- shot. nine weeks later, when they introduce a new one, no shot. Yeah. I would almost, I would, I would almost make a classic explosion network bet on that not being a thing. All right, what do you want to bet? <laughs> uh, you have to buy me the battle pass at the end of the year. Okay. I'm so so my the bet is that they are, they are purchasable, but I'm still like my asterisks as I was saying before is that they can be purchasable. New characters, yeah, new characters, and they can be purchasable with credits or can... currency that you can earn in game. But I'm just saying you have to use some currency to unlock them. They're not just straight yeah. free. That's okay. What what would you guys like if you are correct? You not to play Overwatch for none, please. <laughs> 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 Damn. Damn. Um, okay. You have to buy me uh, a battle pass for a good game. Sure. Then I'll buy you an Overwatch 2 battle pass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you will. I'm gonna, I, reckon I'll, I reckon I'll download Overwatch Come on, No, no, no. I will download it on console. I'll download it on the PlayStation. I would. I think it's crossplay anyway. Like, right? Yeah, it is crossplay. But yeah, and it's going to be... Um, Content's gonna be crossplay as well, so it's like cross-play, cross-progr- all maybe. skins and stuff is crossplay. But yeah, I would no, it's cross would... progression, cross progression and crossplay. Yeah, it's fine because Overwatch yeah. One is crossplay. I don't know why it wouldn't. Be oh, okay, both. yeah. So I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was Overwatch One is already crossplay. So yeah, no. Um, I would. Uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. We should play. I'm gonna give it a go. I feel like I can't mm-hmm. not give it a go. It's free. It's not like I have to buy it. Exactly, hundred percent. You're not even gonna have to buy the characters. So yeah. <laughs> I won't. It will launch. Like when, no, oh, if if it comes to Game Pass, then all the characters will be unlocked. By the way, that's important. Game Pass <laughs> will have the battle pass. So. <laughs> all right, let's get into something else. Uh, all of Capcom, uh, Capcom showcase. Let's go over this. Uh, there were some interesting things here. Some stuff that we probably don't care about, but it's fine. So just quickly run down some things. Uh, coming from Press Start. So there's a brand new trailer for Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Open the show. Demo's out right now. So this is the big expansion for Monster Hunter um, ha- uh, Monster Hunter Rise. So I can't remember when the fuck this is coming out. I don't know if they had released it. I don't think they did. Let me check the end of this trailer. They didn't. Uh, looks cool. Bunch of new monsters. The game's fun. Um, probably not going to play it, but anyway. Uh, then you got Exo Primal trailer. So let's dive into this for a sec. Because I know Ash watched this. I don't know if Kieran, if you don't watch this mm. showcase at all. but I did not watch it. That's all right. So... Do we want to play Exo Primal Ash or no? Maybe. 
Because I watched the trailer and go, this looks both awful and yet something I feel like if I was playing with someone like- It looks awful, but yet I've already seen Jurassic World Dominion. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just so many died. There's like a part where like uh, big like Triceratops or whatever is like corner cucking him and I'm like, you know what? I want to play this ridiculous game where there's like- I want to be cuck. Yeah, I want to be corner cuck by Triceratops. So, yeah, this game's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I kind of, yeah, I kind of want to play it, but it looks, it just, yeah. What do you, I talked about to you after like recording play out before play What did you say it looked like? Um, oh, um, the, uh, the Earth Zone. The giant bug one. The giant, giant bug one, yeah. Earth Defense. Earth Defense, that one. Yeah, which it does kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of does. Because there's like all these dinosaurs like- Earth Defense Force. That's it. Yeah. That's the franchise, yes. Uh, then they had Dragon's Dogma show up, and they said that the game's 10th anniversary is happening, and they didn't announce anything until today. So just quickly skipping over. So today, Capcom held a Dragon Dogma anniversary event, rights press out. Um, and whilst the majority of the event was spent talking about the history of Dragon's Dogma, it ended with a very special announcement. Dragon's Dogma 2 is in development, which has long been awaited by fans. The game will be developed using RE Engine, which is well known for most recently released Resident Evil games and should make for a visually stunning game. The original Dragon's Dogma released in, on PS4 and Xbox 360 in 2012, and it was well received. I've never played Dragon's Dogma. I know people love it, though. So I don't I don't think any of us here have, so I don't think any of us particularly care. But I did see, like, people I follow who were getting really hyped when Dragon's... Like, you know, live tweeting when the Capcom event on, and they're like, Dragon's Dogma. It's like, oh, my God, they're going to... And then now all they announce is like, hey, 10th anniversary... We're doing like a movie, like a doco about the game's history, moving on. And everyone was like, fuck. They just like teased it only <laughs> to announce something like four days later. Fucking love that shit. Uh, and then they got into a <laughs> bunch of Resident Evil stuff at the back end of the show, which was the, you know, meat and bones that most of us were here for in the Capcom show. So, so uh, firstly, they announced Resident Evil Village Gold Edition which is going to include the uh, DLC, which you will be able to buy separately, of course, if you already own the game. So the first part, the single-player part of it, is a separate story thing or whatever that takes place after Village called Shadow of Rose. Now, I'm going to have to talk Resident Evil Village spoilers here to go over this quickly. Um, so if you don't want to hear, if you still haven't played Village, skip ahead, like couple minutes or something like that but i do want to quickly touch on this ashley's so, been holding up for this yeah, yeah. <laughs> ash if you want to um deafen yourself now we will uh so we'll get this over quickly mate yes just skip ahead a couple minutes um so at the end oh <laughs> fucking hell he takes his headphones off <laughs> put them on i'm not used to seeing you about them your head looks weird <laughs> i know it looks very weird <laughs> um at the end of resident evil village ethan does save his baby um, he ends up dying in the process, and then the <gasps> spoilers. Oh, he says spoilers. Then the game skips ahead time, and you get to see Rose now grown up. She's like a teenage girl or whatever. She's visiting the the grave of her father. She's got some like agent with her who's like you can tell who's like a her bodyguard, but not really her bodyguard. It's like there to keep her in check because she's got superpowers, which is the whole thing. The Resident Evil. The ladies, they want to kill Ethan's baby because she's like a mystical baby. I can't get in hold of the village law. The game's intense. Anyway, this Shadow of Rose is going to take place in that that we saw. So you're going to play Rose. She is using her powers to go into the mind. <laughs> this she's using her powers to go into the mind of something. I can't remember the actual name of the object. It doesn't say here. Anyway, she's using the mind to go into that. And the game will take place inside the mind of this creature, which she's exploring, looking for answers. And that's why she's going to like run into a version of herself and all this sort of stuff. It's going to be a third person action game 
I'm pretty keen. I think there's potential for this to be cool. Uh, psychic powers and guns and stuff like that is 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 definitely interesting me. Uh, Kieran, what do you like? You, do you finish Village? You did finish Village, right? No. Yeah, I finished yeah. Village. So, yeah, um, yeah, I finished Village. How do, yeah, awesome. how do you feel about this playing as Rose and this? Uh, no, I'm I'm interested. I think Village definitely ended off on a kind of what I thought was a very much a crescendo for Ethan's story and for the story that had been told across Resident Evil Seven and Resident Evil Eight. Or Resident Evil Village, however you want to look at it. Mm. Um, so to to see that and to see that we're going to be in Rose's shoes for a bit, I think that's um, you know I think Resident Evil Seven had some amazing DLC. The the Resident Evil Seven DLC is like top notch and like really well put together. So um, I have you know they've earned goodwill on that side of things. So hopefully it should be good. Yeah, it's different enough. Which some of the Resident Evil Seven um, DLC was as well, like story wise and stuff. Like, or gameplay-wise as well, it was quite different, so. Um, yeah, okay. And then the other thing they announced as part of the gold slash expansion pass that you'll get is there's going to be a mercenaries mode edition thing where you can play as just stop. Lady Dimitri and you can play as Ethan, he's back from dead. Uh, and then the other thing was they're adding a third-person mode to the main game. <gasps> However, you can only play Finally. it if you've already beaten the game. Which is the <gasps> finally you can see Ethan's face. You can see Ethan's face. The camera you try to pan around and he just has no face. It's like <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's just, or, it's just blank. no, or they're gonna do what they do in the character artwork, which is they have the shadow, shadow over his face. His face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they just have that for the entire game, that'll be annoying. That'd be so good, actually. <laughs> Yo, I think if I did that and I started the game, I'd actually want a refund. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I'm keen. No, to, I want to know what they do. Too. I want to know, like, because now that I want to know, that's yeah. the thing, right? I want to know, but it'd be one of those things that if they, if that motherfucker doesn't have a face, yeah. I'd be like, oh, I want my money back. Because even like I paid for Ethan, uh, face. it's funny. Like, that's the, the weird thing. Like, the game's first person, but of course, there's times where the game has like first person, um, third person, like cutscenes and stuff, and it's like they're always like perfectly like there's a shadow covering Ethan's face or like yeah. <laughs> a branch or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so then they got uh, went into Resident Evil. There's Resident Evil Reverse coming as well. Right? Oh, fuck. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> like, Just so people know. No one cares, right? Literally, he, do you know the sm- a small amount of fans- I don't even actually remember what it was. I just remembered people- The amount jokes. of people who care about Mercenaries Mode, small, but I know some people do care about Mercenaries Mode, right? The amount of people who care about Reverse, absolutely no one. I guarantee no one cares about that. It's a multiplayer mode thing, right? No one cares. You know when Resident Evil's done a good multiplayer game? Never. Correct. All right, so then we got Resident Evil 4 Remake, or they're just calling it Resident Evil 4. They haven't officially titled it Remake, but you know, it makes it easier. Um, not the much different to the first trailer that we saw during the um, summer, of the summer Game Fest thing. They did show actually a, a quick snippet of like proper gameplay of Ethan walking through forest at the, like the start of the game before he arrives at the, the village. Very creepy. Looks great. Um, like very beautiful. Like the trailer, like everything they're saying. I think there's going to be a lot more changes in this game than people are expecting. Um, that's the one thing I would sort of say going forward. Cause in a world where they try, they, they say something, they, I can't remember the exact wording, but when they talk about the game, they do say stuff about, you know, updating the game and changing the redesign the, uh, it's the- gonna i feel like it's gonna have the same um the same kind of brush strokes done with what they've done with the previous reasons, yeah exactly where they have adjusted a lot of the story 
Um, hopefully there's less dumping a president's daughter into bins or less her being stolen by men in hooded clothes. Uh, that's probably still going to happen. <laughs> just, I don't know. I feel like they could make, um, I can't, Ashley, that's it. I feel like they could just make Ashley a more capable character or just a little bit less of a damsel in distress. I think that would be a, yeah, I feel like that'd be a good touch for, for bringing the game forward. Um, yeah, so we didn't get too much on it. And then the final thing they announced was that Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, uh, all of those dropped on uh, PS5, Xbox Series XS with 4K support, high frame rates, Ooh. ray tracing, all these things. And then if you play the games on PC, they just got a free patch. Um, oh, it's free nice. for the PS5 version anyway, but just like it's a patch compared to a new file. So that's cool. Um, if you love replaying those games, you haven't played them before. Um, if they all play at 60 and stuff, I haven't done, I haven't seen if Digital Foundry and anyone's done like a video on them, but um, free updates to good games is never a bad thing. So I didn't mind this Capcom showcase. As I said, like there was a couple of things at the start. It didn't go too long. Sort of gave all the, the stuff that people cared about. At the end, I think the only thing was that dickish tease for Dragon's Dogma fans only to announce something a couple of days later. I think even as someone who doesn't care, I'm like, come on. Bit mean, I feel. Um, and now, quickly, want to run down the Xbox Extended show as well, just to point out a couple of things in this. So they did show off gameplay. So for people who don't know, this was a couple of days after the Xbox Bethesda showcase. Uh, this one was more. Let's spend five, six minutes talking to the developer. Let's have a developer walkthrough. Let's actually show some gameplay. This wasn't the. This is the thing that most people complain about with showcases. This is for people who just want trailer, trailer, trailer. This isn't it. This is the talking. So I thought it was really well done. I liked it. I liked the pacing. I liked the way it was put together. Very good. But not everything here we need to go over. But so they had first gameplay reveal of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Looked meh to me to be to be completely honest. Uh, Valheim is coming to PC Game Pass in 2022 and it's coming to Xbox in 2023. Microsoft Flight Simulator. They did an update. So they did a walkthrough video with um what the fuck are they called? Um uh, I can't remember. I don't even know if it says here to be honest. But they did like a, a walkthrough of like a museum thing or whatever. And the dude who like the head dude of the game's like, oh, I want to put that plane in. It was pretty cool just to see. Like you could tell he's passionate about planes, which is obviously uh, Fall Guys is having a Halo crossover. So um, uh, off the Xbox blog here they write Fall Guys and Three Four Three Industries are partnering to bring Master Chief and so much more to the Blunder Dome with the Spartan Showdown event from June 30th to July 4th with new challenges, fancy cosmetics, and legendary items hitting the store as part of this event. Beans around the world can grab the goods and get into the action to raise their wardrobe levels to elite. So, um, of course, Fall Guys uh, launches June 21st, I think, right? I think that's... I don't know if I can tell from it. Yeah, I think it's like 21st mm. or 22nd. It's next week. It's this week as you're listening to it. Comes out on Xbox, Switch... The new PC release, Epic Game Store only, of course, at that point. Relaunches on PlayStation, cross-play, free-to-play. It's the, Fall Guys is about to get good. <laughs> is the <laughs> do we know if all the skins are going to be like? Across they have the to games? be like it's no different to Fortnite, right? But I mean, you could just replace. Like, if I'm playing, if I'm on PlayStation, Kieran's on Xbox. Yep. I'm playing with my Ratchet uh, skin. Will it come as Ratchet on yeah. Kieran's Xbox? Yeah. Damn, yeah, it, it, like, it's going to be on the Xbox. Yeah, based on based on Fortnite stuff. Yeah, like there's no reason that if you, okay. you will be able to play with Master Chief technically through Fall Guys on your PlayStation. I will be surprised if they've changed this from Fortnite. So, will I be able to earn Master Chief on my PlayStation? 
That's uh, an interesting. I would presume so. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say um, there's no reason I would say no. But you know when you can find out? Twenty first. Yeah, this week. No, actually, no. The thirtieth when the event starts. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> the event doesn't start right at the the start. And then the other thing That's I wanted to, the main thing I wanted to shout out from this is the, I'd, and I suggested you watch it. I don't know if you went and watched it, but the stalker video from the the team make, uh, making that game um, that they showed at the very end of this showcase was just absolutely heart-wrenching. Um, so they had a very well-paced the show. They ended it. They're like, here, uh, we like, and look, I, I'll credit to Microsoft because they, they didn't play around, you know? They were like, war, fucked up, horrible things happening. You know, they, they didn't like, try, I, they didn't actually say fucked up, but I can't, Obviously, I can't remember the exact wording, but I feel like the way they said leading into the video, the wording, it was very much like, this is wrong. Like we're standing by our, our partners over here. So, um, and then they played this, this video. Let's see if I can get up. Uh, play it here quickly because I didn't get that up. Um, but they, yeah, they played this video from, um, what's the Deb's team? GSC? No, G, GSC. Yeah, there we go. Um, played a video from them where they're talking about what they're having to do at the moment, their living conditions and all these sorts of things. Um, yeah, it's, it's horrible. Like showing, they give you a warning at the start being like, you know, like um, this video may show distressing things and to a degree, I think it does when people are talking about the animals being dead and like people living in toilets and you just see what their uh, country lives like, looks like at the moment. Like, yeah. Did you watch it, Ash, after I told you to? No, I didn't watch it. Anyone watch it? Ken, did you watch it? No. Fucking. He's all have absolutely no heart. So I'll say again to you. I can feel bad with that. <laughs> I'll say again to you <laughs> and everyone listening, if you haven't had a chance to watch this video, I think it is um must watch. I think it gives you a really good idea of not only what's happening in Ukraine. Like, I feel, I, I honestly feel like this video, even if you're someone who doesn't care about video games, like, you could show this to your, like, family member and be like, look what's happening in Ukraine. Like, look what the fuck these people are going for. Because at the end of the day, even though they're talking about making a game, this is, like, this is just their day job, you know what I mean? Like, and they're just talking about having, these are the people who are just trying to live their lives and you got people, like, showing footage of their just absolutely, like, bomb-torn houses. People, like, talking about, like, rushing to bomb shelters between, like, hours of making the game. Uh, there's part here where the narrative designer says stuff like, it's kind of hard to write missions about killing people when... You know, this is happening, which is like, yeah, like Stalk is a fucked up dark game. How the fuck are you writing a fucked up dark game when you like what's happening in your country? Um, you got you have mm. people at the end who have like joined the Ukrainian army, like saying like, you know, can't wait to release the game once we win the war. Like there's like a level of like sort of passion and um, stuff. So, yeah, I, I suggest everyone watch. I think it was a very well put together video and I much appreciated Xbox uh, showcasing that at, in their show. In fact, I kind of wish they put it in their main show. I feel like it would have been a great Point, but that's my only if i had the it's a bit better than uh jeff keely's oh way better than jeff keely's like oh ukraine hey, like yeah these teams, replace people them, yeah they wanted to put their game out there yeah didn't want to say anything bad yeah fucking jeff is really bad at you could have replayed like an old trailer you know what i mean yeah that still would have been something just do something yeah so anyway check that out All right, Ash, you've played some Steam Next Fest demos. Lead yes. us down a journey. What have you been playing? I finally got to play a little bit of Cult of the Lamb. Yeah. One of my most anticipated games of the year. Yeah, Australian team. 
and it has gone straight to the top of the list. Yeah, how good? It is fantastic. Like it's it plays like something like a Death Store or a, a Tunic, but it's faster. Yeah, I would say that's the thing. It's like sped up a little bit. Uh, it's got the like room s things from Binding of Isaac, where you have to you go through a zone and there's all these different rooms. Uh, like a, I guess any dungeon and procedurally really. uh, uh, generated like gen- those elements yeah, are, yeah very much yeah. but then there's also a base building element to it as well yeah. which I only got you only get a taste of a little bit of it it's a very short demo I feel like it was only 15 minutes it might have been longer for all I know it just went by the time I feel like it flew by so uh, I really enjoyed it I think it's so much fun very adorable as well even though it's got this cultish yeah. uh, theme to it as well um, yeah it, it's it's I think it's it's currently sitting at the top of the stand next next fest list like is the most popular most wish list Australia, Australian game, so. indies Australian developers the last couple of years are nothing but bangers when it comes to indies like, yeah it's fucking mad love it here we go this is the game of the year contender so <laughs> uh, as I mentioned on our other episode during the week I played a bit of WrestleQuest mm-hmm. that demo was quite lengthy <laughs> as opposed to Call the Lamp you actually stopped uh, that one right. Yeah, I stopped, like, it kept going. I don't know how much longer it had to go on the demo, but I felt like I'd had my fill in loops, like, especially if I'm not progressing, if I'm not keeping this progression, I'm not. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, there's a point where. Don't want to replay too much of it. Yeah, yeah. But that's super fun. It's a turn-based RPG with a wrestling theme over the end, over the top of it, but also it's set in a toy world. So interacting with all these other toys uh, and everybody wants to be, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage and there's these massive statues to them uh yeah it's a fun story uh interesting game like turn-based mechanics in which you have to actually pin your pin your wrestling opponents like if it's a mon if you're fighting a monster or something uh you can just kill it or whatever but the actual wrestlers you need to pin to eliminate them I love Uh, so it's like an extra mechanic I, every time I see more about this game, like ever since it was announced, I'm like, fuck, I can't wait for this game. Like I haven't, I haven't <laughs> seen anyone say anything that's like, well, I discovered like this is broken or, you know, like, like I want, like there's nothing. There's, as soon as I announced it, they're like, it's an RPG set in a wrestling world. And we've got real voice actors from like eighties legends and everyone wants to be Randy Savage. I'm like, yes, yes. I will play this game. Well, it's like interesting <laughs> because, <laughs> From where I play the demo, there's like two coalescing storylines. Mm. Like you follow this one guy who's been following wrestling in his entire life, uh, wants to be Macho Man, calls himself the Machoist Man, mm. Machoist, uh, <laughs> who who is completely oblivious to the business and like, you know, he's a complete mark. And then you've <laughs> got the <laughs> you got the other storyline where you play like a tag team on the other side of the world or whatever, who's one of the dads. One of the guy's dads like runs a wrestling company, and then like very inside, it's like, oh, we take we take the losses where the job is at the moment, uh, and the other tag teams like break or whatever, and they're like, yeah, well, if, if it was an actual shoot fight, then you know we'd, we'd definitely <laughs> kick ass and that kind of stuff. So yeah, very inside Baseball. insider terms and that kind of stuff. So that's really enjoyable. Uh, then I play what else? Did I play played Grindstone. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this game, Dylan. I played many of hours of Grindstone back in the day, yes. There was, yes, a demo of the first 15 levels. Okay. I was playing that for a good two hours. It was fantastic. Yeah. I need to get, I, like, my whole... I don't know if I could download the game on my phone and see what level I got. But I think I got into, like, 
like hundreds or something, right? And I looked up to see how long the game is and went, no, nah, I can't. Like, because there was, a, I was like, th- that game is very, very long. Like, and that's the thing for people who don't know, Grind- Grindstone is a, it was released, I think it was one of the launch Apple Arcade or was it Apple Arcade or was it just iOS? Anyway, I think it was Arcade. I think it was one of the launch Apple Arcade games. Yeah. Um, but it's a yeah. match, is it four or three? No, it's just like match, just mul- match multiple multiples. Yeah. But it has like you just a, try to match as many as you can. Yeah, but it has like a then it's got like storyline in the background with this guy's like trying. There's storyline, and then you have to match certain things and try and get combos because yeah. you can also get these stones on the map that let you switch colors yeah. for your combo. It helps it's grow it. And very that kind of addicting. Um, but the yes. thing was, especially like on phone, more so than I guess PC, was I played hours and hours and hours upon it. You got no ads. You got no pop up. Like I'll spend a dollar to get like yep. to play more. Whatever it was, just like, hey, here's a video game. It's a good video game. Yep. Love that. That's Fantastic. great. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm probably going to buy that on an Epic Game Store because it's out there on Get Big Game Store right now. So. <laughs> you can buy an iPhone and me. play it for free, Ash. <laughs> nah. <laughs> It's like, why is it on Android? Come on, uh, uh, let me give me my money. Because then I'll be playing it all the time. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, and then I played Escape Academy. Yep. In which for that's this the uh, yep. Skybound Games yep. game. Yep. Uh, where you you are recruited into a school that like focuses on escape rooms. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so you go into like a really, you start off at the demo in like a really basic Did all the uh, one, work? like a half-assed <laughs> one. There's like... They've like the lights don't actually work on all of them. There's like a little note saying just pretend like the clock doesn't work, and that's a clue. And it's like pretend this clock says twelve o'clock. You know, <laughs> they don't even bother. Like yeah, uh, but then that's all just setting to like get you recruit you into the major part of the school. Um, yeah, I really enjoy that. I think it's a lot of fun. It's like you know, I don't know if you're good at escape rooms, maybe you'd be able to get through them. Uh, you know, <laughs> do, do, if you don't blame the actual escape room on you not being able to solve it. Uh, then you would actually enjoy it. By the way, if you don't understand yeah. what we're hinting at, listen to this week's episode of Arcade Couch Between <laughs> the Cushions, where this is very much an inside joke to do with Kieran's experience in yeah, escape room. <laughs> uh, there is the option to like get hints and stuff, but yeah, at the end of every level, there's like a report card, so uh, like telling you how well you did, and like obviously, if you use hints, you get a lower grade and that kind of stuff. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's super fun. I enjoyed like solving a lot of the puzzles and like very frustrating when I got to the end and didn't solve the last one. But then it let me go. They gave me the option to do another like another five minutes, and it was like, like quickly found the thing that I need to find to get the last piece of the puzzles here. That's what I've been playing so far. I've got a few other demos that I want to check out, but you know, we'll see how this weekend goes. That's some good stuff. Also, I played one level of. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. <gasps> Where'd you download Ooh. it? On your Game Pass. Yeah, oh, yeah, your PC. Yeah. On my PC, yeah. Yeah, I have, to, I have to download it, give it a go. I've had, like, everyone's like, the game's great. I'm like, yes, I'm sure it is. I know. I, I would, My only thing is I thought it'd be faster, but that might just be the character. I was playing with Donatello. So. I know, those games aren't, like, super fast beat ups like. Why were you playing with Donnie? The range. Got the range. <laughs> Also, Donatello is a great Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. You picked the worst of the four. Oh my god! What? He's the one who solves everything. I don't say. Don't I'm not saying anything. he's bad, but he's the worst yeah. of the four. Who's your favorite then? Leo. 
Leo, it goes Leo, Raph, Mikey, Donnie. Yeah, my phone's Raph, so. April, way, way down, Casey Jones. What, Casey Jones down the bottom? Yeah, Casey really? sucks. Yeah, Casey sucks. No, Spoilers, Casey Jones is not unlocked at start. Whoa. For all those people going whoa. in wanting to play Casey Jones to start off with. Fate and Switch, not getting my money. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to quickly talk about GoFest, which I didn't last episode. Um, so Pokemon Go Fest happened. It costs like twenty. It costs twenty dollars Australian for the ticket. So I just want to give my mini thoughts on the event. Uh, is it? Didn't you get jibbed? That was your thing. Yeah, I always get jibbed in these events, which is my which is my problem. I, and this is a this is a critique a lot of people have. So I feel like here's the thing: when people when you pay twenty dollars for an event, I feel like it's not a like I, I do feel like there's a sense of like, hey. I should like at least get a decent amount of shinies. I'm paying $20 for this event. Like it's a lot, di- it would be a lot different. So at the same time, they had heightened like things for people who weren't paying, but they weren't like the same if you paid for a ticket, right? If you're paying 20 bucks, I feel like it should be crazy. I don't feel like I got nearly enough shinies really. And this happened last time, but then you'll read about people like who played for less time than I did or, you know, whatever, getting like two, three times the amount. Um, stuff like that and I'm like I don't know like I don't know if this is like totally fair and then my other criticism is is that I really feel like now I don't I don't mind the day-to-day you know Pokemon just like you do your, your usual tasks you catch some things or whatever else but I really feel like Niantic needs to get to a level where they need to make these events just a lot more exciting and stuff like that because it they're no different so Pokemon Go Fest is worldwide event you buy a ticket um, you can play wherever you want. There's like certain spawns that happen. They change the spawns every hour for these events and stuff like that. But I feel like it would be a lot cooler is if they had an actual story or more in-game event happening or something that just made it feel more epic, like an actual something cool sort of happening here right now. Like everyone in the world's playing this thing. Um, I don't know. Like the it was fine the first year. I was like, yeah, it's just a worldwide event. We haven't done this before. I was like, cool, whatever. But now I'm like, I don't know. I feel like you should do, especially especially for 20 bucks. I feel like you should be getting a little bit more bang for your buck. Um, especially since, as at least what I've seen, like written around like on the Reddits and the forums and Pokemon Go places, that they did an event the week after this, so this past weekend, which was just a normal, like, you know, like random event, which they do. Um, and that had a lot higher success rate and happiness from people when it wasn't Pokemon Go Fest. And this wasn't a paid event. This was just an in-game event that everyone was like, this is cool. I really like the way this event worked. I got more shinies and stuff like that. I'm like, how do you get more shinies from a normal event than a, like a three-hour normal event, than a two-day, $20, eight-hour-a-day, 16 hours total fucking catching if you want to do it that way event? Like, Maybe they call all the shinies. Fucking bullshit, so... I mean, it's not bullshit. Like, I still like fun. Like, it was fun to be out and about. There's definitely, like, even in Launceston here, it's like, there's just, like, a butt-ton of people. Like, I could still see, I like, mostly around the city park. And there's just groups of people. You can tell everyone's playing Pokemon Go because they're walking in groups, staring at their phones. They have their phones plugged into their portable chargers. You know what a Pokemon Go player mm. looks like on, like, community days and stuff like that. It's not hard to spot. You know, I see videos of people playing in Melbourne and um, Brisbane and these locations, like... It's not hard. Like when these events happen, it's for the people though. Every now and then, like if someone doesn't realize Pokemon, oh, Pokemon Go is still a thing. It's like Pokemon Go is still pretty, um, pretty popular. So yeah, that's my like one crit- 
criticism on that event, I'd say. For 20 bucks, I just feel like I should should be cooler, more exciting, give you a bit more to do than just rather like, oh, I want to catch shinies. And then you just catch, catch, catch. You're doing that any other day, but then if you don't increase shinies, it's like, whatever. So. Should have gotten more for my $20 loot box, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like a $20 loot box there. So. Anyway, <laughs> that will do it for this week's episode of Arcade Couch. Let us know any comments, questions, concerns. You've got your thoughts on Overwatch, your thoughts on Final Fantasy VII Reunion Remake 2, Part 2, whatever you're talking about. Pokemon Go, Shiny Rates, any of that. ExplosionNetwork.com slash Discord. ExplosionNetwork.com slash Twitter. Make sure you check out ExplosionNetwork.com for all the other shows, news, content, reviews. And if you liked this episode and thought it was worth a dollar, head on over to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support to drop as little as a dollar on our Kofi page. And until next week, same time, same couch. Goodbye.